0: You're listening to the Enhance Your Practice podcast series, brought to you by ASPS University. I'm ASPS University Chair, Dr. Nicholas Panetta, and I invite you to check out all of our educational offerings from professional surgical videos, courses on practice management, and much, much more at ASPS.net.
1: Hello, listener. Welcome to another episode of the ASPS podcast, Enhance Your Practice. I'm your host, Dr. Ash Patel. Today we're joined by Dr. Kavita Ranganathan and we'll be discussing the topic of mentoring. Dr. Ranganathan is currently a craniofacial fellow at Johns Hopkins Hospital and she previously served as a resident representative to the ASPS Board of Directors, which is actually where I first got to meet her while I was serving as the chair of the ASPS Young Plastic Surgeon Steering Committee. Welcome Kavita.
2: Thank you for having me Dr. Patel.
1: As I think about how residency training's changed, Back when I first started my training, residents were in the hospital a lot more, and we had significantly fewer pressures on our time. We spent a lot more time with the attending, so that allowed these relationships to develop more organically. I don't really recall there being any structure to the mentorship throughout my training. So why do you think mentorship is important for physicians?
2: Well, I think really to have a successful career, mentorship for me at least has really formed the crux of that a lot of opportunities especially in plastic surgery because it's such a small field come from the successes of your mentors. And so developing those relationships early on I think is one of the most critical aspects to having a strong career. It that's true from, you know, just a pure work standpoint, but it's also true from a life standpoint because to figure out, you know, what job is right for you, how to develop a clinical practice, how to balance all of the Uh, you know, things that come with being a surgeon and other roles in your life. It's good to have your own opinions for how to do those things, but if you have someone that's already done it, it's better to work from their model as opposed to starting from scratch. And so that's why I think mentorship is so important. In plastic surgery, I also think mentorship is very important because what we do isn't necessarily black and white. There's not one particular recipe that fits everyone and every patient. And so from a clinical standpoint, having people to go to to ask what to do for a patient at hand, I think is critically important from a patient care standpoint as well. So from the standpoint of your patients, your work, having a good life outside of work, that's why I think mentorship is so important and building those relationships early on, you know, really forms the foundation of that.
1: As you mentioned, I think having mentorship throughout your career, even at an early stage is important. Do you think it's important for medical students? I mean, that's very early on in someone's career. And how might students or residents and even young surgeons go about finding a mentor?
2: I think having a mentor as a medical student is important as well. I'll give you an example. When I was a med student, I initially thought I was going to be a general pediatrician. And then actually hated the rotation, um, and ended up thinking that plastic surgery was right for me. I saw a tram and seeing how a piece of abdominal tissue can transform into a breast was the moment when I really thought I was going to be a plastic surgeon. Now the problem was that I didn't really have the personality of what a classic surgeon should be. So I was actually told that I shouldn't be a plastic surgeon. What made me a plastic surgeon today is actually the mentors that I had. Uh, Dr. Corcoran and, and Jason Co. are two mentors that I had during my time as a medical student, and they really fought for me to have the career that I do today. And so I think having people that are invested in you, especially in a career in surgery that isn't necessarily the most um, touchy-feely of specialties, I think is important because as human beings, you know, we're made of something that might be a little bit different than what it takes to be you know, a soldier in surgery. And so having those relationships can really build people that you know, may not necessarily fit the traditional mold, but who contribute to our specialty nonetheless.
1: If you had to give advice to someone who's looking for a mentor, particularly people who may never have had a mentor before, I'm thinking specifically of medical students here. I think that approaching someone and saying, will you be my mentor is probably not the right approach. So how might they go about asking someone or developing that relationship?
2: I think the best way is to work on something together. I think as someone who uh, has been a mentee you know, throughout my entire life, the best way that I've found to develop successful relationships with my mentors has been doing work for them. Because everyone's really busy, and so you have to really prove that you're worth someone's time Especially if there's someone that's high up, because you know, you have to prove yourself first before you can get something in return. And so I think knowing that there's going to be an initial investment in time before you can really reap the benefits, I think that's really important. None of the mentorship relationships that I've had have been founded on anything beyond that initial work experience. Um, and I think that it's it may be easy, depending on, you know, someone else's personality to develop mentorship relationships based on you know, different forms of conversation or meeting somewhere and that kind of thing. But I think the safest way um, and, and really foolproof way to develop such relationships is by having it founded on some sort of work that moves your mentor's career ahead, because that's how you prove yourself.
1: What qualities or traits do you think make a good mentor?
2: I think the most important quality to have as a good mentor is generosity. That is one of the things that I learned most during my time as a resident at the University of Michigan, is that your mentor has to be someone that is willing to share their success. There are lots of people that are successful, but only a few that are willing to, you know, put you as first author regardless of, where they would be on the author list or have you at the podium instead of them. And I think those are the experiences that contribute most to a mentee's success. No matter how hard you work, you need that person to put you front and center and understand your needs. So I think working with someone that is generous is really important. It's hard to figure out whether someone is going to be generous or not but in academic surgery, for example, seeing on PubMed where that person is published, what are the you know, um, uh, qualities of the people that have published with them? Is it always that person that's first author or is there a first year med student that's at the front of the author list? All of those things are very telling for the type of mentor that that person will be. I think the other thing to look for is finding someone that you want to be like. Because at the end of the day, you know, you want to be inspired by who you're working with or working for. And to see your future in someone else, I think is is really important as well to kind of get excited about what you want for your career and figuring out how to plan that uh, for what you want your future to be like.
1: You talked about generosity. And I think it's really important for a good mentor to be generous with their time. It's one of the most valuable commodities we have as busy plastic surgeons. And mentors often need to spend time with someone not necessarily doing work with them, but just spending some time talking with them and connecting with them on a one-to-one basis. I think that really helps mentees and really leads them to be inspired. As you said, I think it's really important that you find someone who can celebrate your successes and not necessarily someone you want to have that's intimidating or be idolized because that doesn't really make a good mentor.
2: I totally agree with you about the time thing. And this year, you know, I'm a fellow and so I'm trying to figure out the kind of attending that I want to be. And so, you know, when I'm working with medical students on service, it oftentimes comes up that they tell me, oh, I have a meeting with so-and-so today. And I go into detail with them about, you know, what is this person doing that's making them a good mentor? Or what is this person that's doing that's making them a bad mentor? And for medical students, it's actually surprisingly all about the time. So sometimes they'll talk about how you know, an attending is really busy in the OR, but they still make time to meet with that person. And it surprisingly isn't all about the content or quality of what happens in that meeting. It's just about spending time, which was actually quite surprising to me um, about how important that was, but totally speaks to what you were talking about.
1: The other thing I think that's really important to consider when we think about mentor-mentee relationships is that the relationship doesn't have to encompass everything throughout our field. You know, I think some mentors can be really good at picking up certain skills, if it was clinical or research related, and other mentors can be just good people, good professionals, and role models for how you want to lead your life and your career. So, when we think about mentor relationships, how many mentor relationships should a young surgeon try to establish?
2: I think it's really important to have a mentorship team. I think that as much as we want one single person to be that perfect mentor, Life is complicated and so that's just not realistic. I mean, I have you know, more mentors than I can count, but probably like three or four that are my go-to people for everything. And so I think having people that contribute to different parts of your life is really important. Like I have my mentor that I meet with for coffee at every meeting and we talk about life and kids and that kind of stuff. And then I have my mentor that I go to for you know, when I'm negotiating my contracts for my future job and my more business savvy mentor. And then I have my mentors that I have for my clinical work and my research work. And so I think the more you have the better. I would caution people developing a mentorship team that you should make sure that you're able to produce effectively for each mentor that you have and develop those relationships as well. Because you, don't, you never wanna take your mentor for granted Um, and sometimes having too many can potentially lead to that. And so I would say have a number that you can manage very well and that you can devote enough time and respect to, but having multiple is very, very important. Have you
0: been racking your brain about how to staff your practice? Worry no longer. ASPS University has just released their latest course, The Staffing Toolkit. Learn all about the staffing life cycle from recruitment to hiring to training and management. With the course, you will receive a complimentary resource guide that includes sample job descriptions, hiring evaluation tools, checklists, and much more. Visit plasticsurgery.org forward slash staffing toolkit today for more information. Check out our other great practice management courses like late career planning and the essentials of coding on ASPS EdNet
1: great that you bring up the concept of a mentorship team. For the listeners, one of the really important things that Kavita accomplished when she was the resident representative to the ASPS board was to develop a program which is called Propel, which has just launched. It's actually a plastic surgery mentorship program. Kavita, can you tell us a little bit more about this program?
2: Yeah, so I'm super excited for this program. It's launching soon um, and I hope all of you sign up. What this program is, is basically a longitudinal form of mentorship Um, in which the mentors are also the mentees, but it's something that spans across your career. So what this is is basically a structured mentorship program where there are teams uh, that are formed based on people's interests. A lot of times mentorship uh, programs in the past have been pairings of two people, um, a mentor and a mentee that may or may not have similar interests, but they're paired up so that you know you can have some sort of go to person to help you with what you need, the problem is that you know i've definitely done those programs and I've developed some very good relationships, but it's very hard to have a conversation with someone who you 've just met, who's superior to you, who may or may not have time for you, and there's no real way to prove yourself in those situations because it 's not founded on any sort of you know similar interest or project or, or anything like that. And so this program differs from that in that there are three to four people on each team. You're paired uh, with the team members based on your interests, whether it's in private practice or in academics or based on your research interests or based on your desire to balance your work with your life a little bit more. And each team will be composed of a junior resident, a senior resident, a junior faculty, and a senior faculty. Now this is obviously different from other models of mentorship as well, because oftentimes I've found that junior attendings are kind of forgotten. Traditionally, we think of, you know, people being in residency and when they're residents they have access to a bunch of resources. But unfortunately, as soon as you graduate, especially if you go into private practice, it seems like that is all lost and sometimes it's hard to figure out who to turn to, and it's, it, get, it can get a little bit lonely. And so this program is designed to combat that process as well by giving junior attendings relationships with residents as well as more senior faculty to make sure that particularly in those phases of your career where you are susceptible to being lonely um, in that in that phase, that you can have your go-to people to help you with, you know, the cl- clinical problem that you're having or complication that you need to manage or you know, figuring out how to practice evidence-based medicine when you're out of an academic setting or trying to establish your research practice. So this is a new program that I hope everyone will really benefit from uh, because of the more longitudinal team-based nature of it.
1: Why do you think it's better to have a structured mentoring system than something that's more ad hoc where people can just find someone to chat with as they need
2: someone? Well, I think the ideal situation would be a non-structured process, but the problem is that when you are, you know, somewhat randomly paired with someone and it's a non-structured process, it's hard to know how to develop that relationship. I think that's true more so today than any other time and particularly in surgery. And I say that because um, I think we're in a time where it's quite difficult to know how to mentor someone that may be of the opposite gender. Um, I think that's true for many reasons and based on um, you know what's happening in in society today and I think that having a structured program will allow for people no matter what their background, no matter what their gender, to really delve deep into what makes people successful and what can really propel someone's career forward. Um, And I think the the importance of having structure relates to the ability to talk about, you know, specific points that may or may not come up otherwise, you know, when you're supposed to have coffee with someone that you barely know. I mean, I'm an introvert and I'm sure lots of other surgeons are introverts and what do you really talk about? And so I think that's the the good part about having a structured form of mentorship. Um, But Ideally, you know, spontaneous relationships are the best way to get mentors. Um, But in programs like this, I think, you know, having a more standard way will give people the greatest likelihood to develop successful mentorship relationships.
1: What should either a mentor or mentee do if they're in a mentoring relationship that doesn't seem to be working out?
2: Yeah, so I've actually been in this situation myself and it is very, very challenging. I think it's challenging from the mentor standpoint, but I think it's more challenging from the mentee standpoint because you are not in a position of power. You don't want to offend anyone, you don't want to ruin your career, but at the same time, you really want to develop a relationship or you know, develop a project that's important to you that may or may not be working. I think the number one thing that I would recommend is being direct about what you need. I think oftentimes as mentees, you feel like you should be quiet or just do what you're told. Um, And oftentimes the mentor just needs to know what you want. You know, it's not that the mentor doesn't want to do what you need. It's just that they may not know. And so I think the first step is to really be direct and concrete about what you need in in a constructive way. I think beyond that, if things don't get better, um, which is very common actually, there uh, are lots of articles that have been published within the past few years that talk about what to do when you're in a relationship with a mentor that isn't that great. And I think you have to weigh the pros and cons of staying in such a mentorship relationship. Of course you don't want to burn any bridges Of course you want to, you know, be the best mentee that you possibly can. But I think at the end of the day, you also need to think about, you know, what's best for your career at that particular moment. And sometimes that's finding another mentor um, and not necessarily having that one mentor that may or may not be giving you what you need, even after being direct um, to help you in, in the way that you need and developing other mentorship relationships outside of that, you know, maybe dysfunctional one, can also give you more insight into, you know, your own style of how to be a mentee and effective styles of mentorship that that you should seek out. In this era of, you know, the Me Too movement, a lot of male mentors are struggling with how to approach mentorship relationships with their female trainees. Uh-huh. And I've seen like a lot of people shy away from that, actually, which is problematic from many different angles.
1: I think it's a very difficult situation. I think it's difficult because the most common scenario here is we have a younger female with an older male mentor because of the gender disparities we have. And I think because of the concerns about gender discrimination and harassment, older male surgeons are just afraid of saying things that might be misconstrued as inappropriate. It's hard for me to give advice about life to younger females, whether they're residents or younger surgeons, because no matter what, there's always a bit of a difference. It's a challenge because you can't always empathize. I think that's one of the benefits of having multiple mentors. We really have to just subdivide all the different aspects of things that you're interested in gaining advice about, and as a mentor, I think you have to think about that as well. Not just from the mentee side, I, I need different saying I need different mentors to fulfill these different roles. I think as a mentor, you have to think about specifically what advice can I give this person. Some of that is about setting expectations. I think where if it's well defined, what that relationship is going to address makes it clear for both parties. As a leader in my organization, I can't comment on what the challenges are, whether it's one of my other staff members or whether it's a resident or female surgeon when they're going through pregnancy or when they're trying to cope with breastfeeding in the hospital. I mean, I have absolutely no idea what that's about. So I can try and say, all right, let's figure things out and let's make this work. But I can't really give them advice on how to deal with those challenges. What I can do is recognize that I can't and point them in the direction of someone who may be able to give them some good advice. And sometimes I feel like trying to give even any advice can seem insincere. Someone can easily say, well, you have no idea what I'm going through. Why are you trying to tell me how to deal with this?
2: For me, it's all about the opportunities and The part that I struggle with about, you know, the difficulties that people have these days in developing new mentorship relationships with women is that I worry that women will miss out on opportunities because a lot of stuff that happens, whether it's looking for a job or, you know, working on a project or whatever, a lot of that comes from behind the scenes conversations. And so... I worry that without having those relationships or people being hesitant to develop those relationships, that opportunities will be lost. I think on the other side of that, if these relationships are founded on those opportunities, then there really will never be a question as to you know, the type of relationship that is developing. And so I think making opportunities the cornerstone of relationships that are between you know a male mentor and a female mentee that really has the potential to work out very well for both people and has a much less likelihood of turning into something that neither one of the mentors or mentees would want and that can also promote everyone's success in, in these kind of situations.
1: I think you touched on the challenge of increasing diversity in medicine and that whether it's underrepresented racial minorities or women in medicine, it's hard for them to find role models and mentors and so they don't go into certain fields and then the numbers are limited. So for the future, there's fewer people to mentor them and be role models. And that's what's making it very difficult, I think, in the long run to address the issue of the lack of diversity, going all the way through medical school, through residencies and different specialties. We have to be able to address this and we have to try and encourage people to find the right kinds of mentors without necessarily trying to find people they can identify with across the board. You know, they might not be able to find someone who can be a mentor to them in one way, and might not necessarily be in the same field, but can still give them advice, because I think that's definitely not a one-size-fits-all approach, where you can find a mentor that you can really mirror in every attribute of your life, both professional and personal. Kavita, thanks very much for spending time with us to talk about mentoring. For the listeners, again, how can they find out about the Propel program?
2: So the best way to find out about it is to get onto the ASPS website. And on the homepage is a link for Propel, the mentorship program. I encourage all of you to sign up for it. It's going to be amazing. And this is really the best way that you can develop mentorship relationships, both in and outside of your specialty and your geographic location and based on your clinical interests and work and life and all of the above. So please sign up
1: thank you again. Thank you listeners for joining us for season one. Be on the lookout for season two of Enhance Your Practice as we talk with industry experts on the
0: topic of med spas. We hope you enjoyed this episode of our Enhance Your Practice podcast series brought to you by ASPS University and our host Dr. Ash Patel. You can listen to our other episodes on any of the podcast platforms where they are currently available or you can download recordings directly from ASPS at med new seasons and episodes are coming soon on practice management. Please contact ASPS Education with your feedback and suggestions for future podcast topics. Thank you for tuning in.